the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager Podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial-free, every single day, become a member of PragerTopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the Daily Show Prep. Subscribe at PragerTopia.com. I recorded a Newsmax interview. I was on Seb Gorka's program. It'll be, it will be broadcast, I believe, Sunday evening on Newsmax. I'm Dennis Prager, by the way. Hi. And he asked me, this is difficult. I admit that this is a difficult issue for me. Emotionally difficult. He said, so Dennis, am I wearing, I'm paraphrasing. I never remember dialogue word for word, but I'm paraphrasing. So Dennis, am I wearing rose-colored glasses in assuming that a fair number of American Jews will be, will have been deeply affected by the left support for Hamas in its desire to exterminate Jews and in what it's done that the left supports them and I said yes I think you are wearing rose-colored glasses and I said it's it's not just true for Jews a very large number of liberals, obviously the left will continue to vote for its party, the Democratic Party, but for most liberals, and it is almost impossible for me to find the correct metaphor, I said dyed in the wool, I said tattooed, but the depth of the loathing and fear of the right among liberals I'm not talking leftists, is so deep that I, and I I said to him, I don't think there's anything the left can do that would change a serious number of Democratic Party voters into voting for the Republicans. If this didn't do it, the... uh, the Democratic Party membership and the the left, what the left has done in supporting the rape and torture and burning and kidnapping and terror of Jews because they're Jews, and the ongoing desire to destroy the one tiny Jewish state size of New Jersey among 21 Arab states and 52 Muslim states, they're, they're okay. Pakistan, which was, which was born in blood 
overwhelmingly more blood than Israel's birth. Not not comparable. That's okay. Israel's not okay. And I gave I gave the domestic example. Taking five year olds to to see drag queens. I, I, I literally cannot think of anything that the Democratic Party cats could support. They support uh, drag queen story hours. That would turn a significant number of Democratic Party voters into Republican Party voters. We have a better chance with black Democrats and Hispanic Democrats than with white Democrats. Because white Democrats have been brainwashed. And I mean brainwashed. I mean it literally. I mean it in the same way that Korean prisoners of war, North Korean captives, their their brainwashing process, the brainwashing of the North Korean people. I don't think, I've never said this, and I'm, I'm weighing whether it's over the top. But in terms of effect, I'm not sure that North Koreans are all that more brainwashed than uh, many uh, liberals and leftists. I don't. I don't know what. What? Tell me something that North Koreans believe that is more. A function of brainwash than men give birth. Then it's okay for men who say they're women to compete in women's sports. That it's fair. They've never answered the question, why have women's sports? If men don't have biological men, as they now, this is incredible statement, biological men. They say biological human? I'm a biological human. But isn't that redundant? If you believe that that's fair, and it's fair that they go into women's prisons and women's shelters where women have been battered and raped, and now they're next to a male body, because that male body lies to himself that he's a girl, and people buy this on the left, if that hasn't affected, and remember the Democratic Party buys it, Okay, since I'm talking Democrat-Republican, there is nothing I would like you to call me in if you believe there is a stance the Democratic Party could take that would move a significant number. How How is 40%, less than half, to vote Republican? Now, of course, they'll say, well, uh, they would, but it's Trump. Oh, what? The ability of people to lie to themselves is is literally limitless. Oh, really? Do they do it on state elections then? Do they do it for Senate? they do it for the House? The majority of the U.S. Senate is Democrat. And these are Democratic Party positions. Is there anything... Give, give me a, 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 
I'm not going to, not only will I not argue, I will celebrate if I agree with you. I would like to. Oh my God, the lying to themselves. The two states, the two two states, Palestinian state and a Jewish state. The Jewish state offered Palestinians a state five times. Five. They rejected it all five times because they're not interested in a Palestinian state. They're interested in destroying the Jewish state. Get it? No, people don't get it. That's the problem. One of the definitions of a liberal, not just a leftist, but a liberal, is not wanting to get it. If it's unpleasant, then liberals don't want to believe it. That's it. I don't want to believe unpleasant things. You tell, and a lot of these people are fine people, nice people, and I mean that sincerely. But they, they, they don't want, they want to live in, in a merry world of these things are just crackpots. No liberal says men give birth, not one. The moment you say men give birth, you're a leftist. But what they do is they go, oh, that's crazy. I know this because I know such people well. That's crazy. Who says that? Some fringe crackpots on the left. That's it. Fringe crackpots. The Democratic Party says it. In California, you might lose custody of your child if you do not give your child, at any age, gender-affirming therapy, which is an Orwellian term, because the gender-affirming therapy is, in fact, the opposite. It is gender-denying therapy. It's a phony term. You're, you're right. You're, you're really not a boy. That's gender-denying. You're really not a girl. That's gender denying. The Democratic Party is in favor of that. Look, the proof, my proof is very simple. Chicago is my proof. San Francisco is my proof. How many of the voters there vote Republican while watching their city destroyed? Oakland, California. The first In-N-Out Burger to ever close just did so in Oakland, California because of the number of muggings, holdups, and robberies. So it's Seb Gorka and Mike Gallagher, my two colleagues, two of my colleagues at Salem who told me about the PhD weight loss program uh, and the only reason I took them seriously is because they lost so much weight with it and it stayed off. So I have discipline in eating. It has never really been an issue, just I haven't been able to lose weight and I've always wanted to. And sure enough, I've tried it and now, let's see, it's uh, basically two pounds a month and six months. They, they did it faster, but I'm, I'm amazed that I've been able to do that and it's no pills, no injections, just solid science, no shortcuts coaching from them, go to 
phdweightloss.com, or just call them 864-644-1900, 864-644-1900, or go to myphdweightloss.com. Where is this from? What, where is, what is the rap, Alan? Entertainment site? Chaos Fury in Gulf Los Angeles Times in historic cuts to newsroom. Hmm. LA Times Guild members met with management on Wednesday to try to create order from the chaos and one of the bloatiest layoffs in decades at the nation's largest West Coast newspaper. Yes, the play it's hemorrhaging $40 million a year. So here's my take. I may be wrong. This is my take. Only leftists enjoy the L.A. Times because the, the L.A. Times is run by leftists and it's for leftists. It has changed. It used to be liberal. The last, by the way, the last Republican presidential candidate the Los Angeles Times endorsed. Guess. You know, right? Because of my my last column, I, I looked it up. Mm. When was the last time the Los Angeles Times endorsed a Republican for president? Tick tock, tick tock, tick 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 tick. Dwight Eisenhower in nineteen fifty six. So that means they've endorsed only only Democrats from nineteen sixty. Since I didn't move to L.A. till 1976, in my 20s, I have never known the paper to be anything but liberal. By the way, let's figure out how many years ago. 44 and 24. 68 years they have not endorsed. <laughs> 68 years ago was the last time they endorsed a Republican. Ronald Reagan was governor of California. They didn't endorse him. The great Jimmy Carter, they preferred. So, but that's okay. They published me regularly, and I only use that as an example. They published me as a conservative. I I was frequently published on the opinion page of the L.A. Times. A wonderful man named Bob Berger. was a laconic man, did not speak much. I'd call him on the phone. How are you, Bob? Fine. I have a piece for you. Send it. <laughs> that was basically it. I would say that you talk too much in comparison to Bob Berger, wherever he is. Anyway, he was a liberal. He wanted to publish all opinions on the opinion page. So he published me, among others, I presume. Not anymore. It's a left-wing rag sheet. So this is the way it works. Who's going to read the Los Angeles Times today? By by subscription, obviously. We do. I have a subscription to it. We have two. You do and I do. Just for the record. I subscribe to a rag sheet. That is correct. And they, they believe that they can make a living with only leftists reading their paper. The problem is leftists read the New York Times. 
So they don't need they don't need a Los Angeles version of the New York Times. And in that regard, it is I don't it's a tough contest between the opinion pieces. But at least they have a Brett Stephens who uh, was consistent in hatred of Trump but otherwise uh, dissents on number of occasions from the left. He even wrote a piece on how good a President Trump was, though he, he would he would vote for Biden, which proves my point, by the way. Brett Stephens, whom I have great respect for, proves the point that I made in my first in my opening monologue. There is nothing the left can do that will change people from voting uh, from voting Democrat. So he he knows Brett Stephens knows, as well as I do, how much destruction Joe Biden has done to the country. But we'll vote for him because of his hatred of Trump. Now, I, by the way, I do believe uh, he might be the only one at the paper, but I do believe, maybe David French, I don't know, that if Nikki Haley were nominated, he might vote a Republican then. Thoughts on that, uh, a subject later. So when I read about the L.A. Times uh, laying off of the people who have destroyed the newspaper, I, I have no, uh, I, ha- I have human lament. It's awful to lose your job. But in terms of the country, hey, listen to this. I give you an idea of the of the the cocoon, the intellectual level, and the, the cocoon in which Los Angeles Times writers live. So here is apparently uh, a writer, Daniel Hernandez. Are you familiar with him? No. Okay. So he sent out a, a, an X a tweet. We're shaken, gutted. I feel for the colleagues we lost in the newsroom and fear for the future of democracy without a robust press at the highest standards. So Daniel Hernandez, it gives you an idea of the intellectual level of L.A. Times writers. He believes that the L.A. Times is a robust press. The L.A. Times is a handout sheet of the Democratic Party. That is all it is. And that's a robust press. It is a threat to democracy. That the, the, the threat to democracy is the crap that people like Hernandez write in the L.A. Times. That's the threat to democracy. It, it, it is an inverted universe in which they live they, because they don't hear anything that people like me say. They don't read anything that people like me write. We read them, hear them, study under them, watch them. They don't. They have a caricature of all of us. We're just a bunch of anti-democracy fascists. Because they, they're simpletons. They're all, all simpletons. There isn't a dissenting voice at the Los Angeles Times. It is just left wing, and that's all it is. It is not a newspaper. If it said, the left view from L.A., I would respect the paper. But they think, like this guy Hernandez, we're a robust press. Is this today's? Which one? Trump's GOP nomination seems a horrible inevitability. That's their editorial. Their editorial, the intellectual level, 
is 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 beneath my uh, 13 year old grandson. Dennis Prager here with a man I have come to admire for his work. So when I asked him, what do you do? This is the title he gave, Wealth Architect. Very simply put, I am a wealth architect that helps my clients accelerate the way they grow your wealth. It's not how much you make, it's how much you keep. The Internal Revenue Code is embedded with a number of things that you can take advantage of. It's what I call playing tax chess. We take the time to play tax chess in your favor. We tend to give our clients unbiased, independent advice across all areas in their financial life because we have no incentive to sell anything. We can't just take your information, say in February or March, prepare the returns and say, oh, these are the things you should have done. It's too late. You need to meet with me now. Because oftentimes, after the close of the calendar year, some of the strategies that we implement in your financial life can't be implemented retroactively. You have, in fact, saved me a serious amount of money. Head to charlesdombeck.com slash Prager to schedule your meeting today. I've been telling you about these, uh, the, the make-believe world in which they live. Could you do me a favor, see about the... Uh, Daniel Hernandez, what, what his role of the LA Times? I'm only because the, the, the it's his tweet that was put up talking about all his colleagues that have been fired at the LA Times because this uh, th- this it, it, the the LA Times has already been destroyed. The, the layoffs only confirm what the left has done. Everything the left touches, it destroys. Everything. There is no exception. The LA Times, Sports Illustrated. He's the food editor. See, now, what does the food editor have to do with politics? Because there is no arena in life that is not infused. There is something, however, more despicable than the L.A. Times. That's the NFL. What is the, what, what did you just send? Oh, yes. So the NFL will be playing the Black National Anthem, and they're making sure to do it after the National Anthem so that you you can't avoid it, as it were. Because, after all, there are two nations. There's a black nation in America and an American nation in America. And that's what Roger Goodell and the despicable National Football League, the greatest, it would be one of the greatest moments in American history if the ratings for the Super Bowl were down because of that. They won't, they won't. It's It's... it's like asking people to cancel New Year's or, or Christmas, Super Bowl parties and Super Bowl. <sighs> or if people did, of course, people are going to show me. Tickets are thousands of dollars. They're not going to show up. I, I, I mean, I'm, a, I'm, not, I'm not naive. I'm curious, when they play the Black National Anthem, as it's called, does everybody rise? I assume. It's right. They're not going to sit down after the national anthem. And now, what is the latest? What is your latest thing that you that you? Yeah, let me find that. That that's really uh, a, night a night of pride. Yes, I understand that. I'm well aware. Pride in the NFL. Let's see here. Here it is. NFL continues to add fuel, this is from the Daily uh, Caller, to the divisive fire with incredibly ridiculous Night of Pride Super Bowl event. That's really something. 
God. Do you see this? What what is that? A, uh, it's a I'm not quite I'm not quite clear. What is the picture of cheerleaders? Oh, of all different teams and and some of them including this guy because it's important to have male cheerleaders. Who who exactly wanted male cheerleaders in in the NFL? I'm not I'm not I'm not kidding. Who who wanted it? What percentage of NFL fans wanted male cheerleaders? You understand how the left does whatever it wants and represents this this sliver of American life, but it doesn't matter. This is what I mean. It doesn't matter what they do, they get away with it. Los Angeles Dodgers were on a moral level of the LA Times. I wish the Dodgers ill. I hope they lose. They have the biggest budget, I believe, in baseball. I hope they lose, and I live in L.A. I am an anti... If you ask me what team I root for, I'm an anti-Dodger. They honored... Honored! What is it? Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. Gays who mocked nuns were honored by the Los Angeles Dodgers. Not allowed to perform on Pride Night which I've never understood. I wrote a whole article on, on this, this pride notion. You're proud to be gay? I don't understand it. Am I proud to be heterosexual? What does it mean, proud? You're proud to be transgender? You're proud of it? It's an achievement? How could you be proud of, of a non-achievement? It's not an achievement. It's not. It's not something... It's certainly in, the, in the, the most obvious case, gay males, it's not chosen. I, conservatives who say that, that gay men choose to be gay, I'm sorry. You have to tell the truth. Truth is the number one thing God wants from us. In my understanding of a lifetime of study, truth is everything. Okay. I guess I, that happens whenever I say truth is everything. Hi, everybody. I'm Dennis Prager. Here's a charmer. I, I want to see what happens here. This, this is something really worth uh, watching. It's, it's pronounced Naperville, correct? Yeah. yeah. After all these years, I should know that I get so many calls from Naperville. Naperville con- consul- Councilman Josh McBroom. Now, are you from Naperville? No. Where, what, what is your area from Chicago that you were, you were raised in? suburb or the area? It's a North Shore. North Shore. What, what, did it have a name like Naperville? Yeah, Wilmette. Wilmette. Okay, you're from Wilmette. Yeah. Um, how far is it from Wilmette to Naperville? It's, it's pretty far. Okay, it's pretty far. And is Naperville uh, more affluent than Wilmette? No, but it, 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 has, it's it a, has an area? It's a, yeah. Tonight. Yeah. Naperville Councilman Josh McBroom wants a sign-up list for residents to host illegals in their homes. The man should be re-elected unanimously. Yeah. His, there should him. not be one dissenting vote. Start with him. Oh, good one. <laughs> you know what, Sean? We need a sound effect of people cheering Alan. Like, you know, like Alan cheerleaders. 
you know, Miami Dolphins have cheerleaders. I think Alan Estrin. Oh, that's generic applause. No, no, no. They got to be going, give me an A, give me an L, give me an L, give me an L, give me an L. That was great. Starting with him, one one of the priceless suggestions. <laughs> Why didn't I think of that? Do you know you? I, 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 do you do that when you hear a great idea that makes total common sense? You go, "Why the hell didn't I think of that?" So why the hell didn't I think of that? He he he's obviously from Naperville, right? I mean, he can't be a councilman from Naperville and not live in Naperville. He doesn't live in Wilmette. <laughs> oh my God. Naperville is a wealthy liberal suburb. By the way, is there such a thing as wealthy conservative suburb? Do, do they exist Exist in, in America? Yeah. Yeah, give me, get, name one. I'm sure there's in Irvine or someplace like that. Irvine? Did you ever hear of UC Irvine? Yeah. Okay. It's like, it's to the left of the New York Times. Well, that's not possible, but nevertheless... Naperville is a wealthy liberal suburb of the outskirts of Chicago. Biden won there by a 20% margin in 2020. I think this is awesome. That that is absolutely correct. <laughs> That's right. Uh, all right. We have to uh, watch what happens in Naperville. I'm, this I'm not being cute about. Well, the, it's like the cities that declare themselves sanctuary cities and then furiously oppose any illegals being flown into their city. We're a sanctuary city, but we're not a sanctuary city for real people. We're sanctuary city because we're narcissists, and we want to think we're great. We don't really mean any of it because we're leftists, and truth is not a left-wing value. We're really not a sanctuary city. Don't don't challenge us with real people for us to practice the sanctuary idea with. So that that I have to say, that's really, that's a charmer. So that is what they're now asking affluent Chicagoans to do, is to open up their homes to illegal immigrants? Well, that's what this guy is doing. That, well, all right, this guy is doing. He's not going to get thrown out of office for doing this. Not well. So the thinking of a guy like this McBroom is you come into the United States of America illegally and then we give you an affluent home to live in. So we have gone from deporting these people to what now, by the way, exists in California. And and the, in that sense, once the word gets out, Naperville won't have uh, many illegal immigrants because they will have all moved to California because the law as passed by Gavin Newsom, as signed by Gavin Newsom, I should say, is that 
you will receive the same benefits, to the best of my understanding, as a citizen. For example, Medi-Cal. You will receive medical care for free if you come to California and you entered America illegally. The destruction of the society is... See, here is an interesting question. Is the destruction of America the aim or the byproduct of left-wing policies? I would argue both. Sometimes they're just the aim, and they're just the byproduct, and sometimes they are, in fact, the aim. TED Talks fellows resign in protest after Bill Ackman tapped his 2024 speaker. So three of their fellows, I guess these are people at TED Talks who who, who determine who speaks? I don't know what they are. They're, they're resigning because Bill Ackman has been tapped as a 2024 speaker. TED has always uh, been... Uh, on the left, not as radical as the New York Times, but on the left, it has never bothered me, doesn't bother me now, but it is worth noting I've never been invited to give a TED Talk. My talks have been seen around the world by many, many tens of millions of people. I think I've earned the right to give a TED Talk. It could even be on happiness written one of the best-selling books on happiness in the English language. But no. And had I been on the left, there's no question I've been invited to give a TED Talk. I'm only using me as an example because, by definition, you're listening to me, you know me. So they shouldn't have Bill Ackman. Bill Ackman is the guy who has said, was he, who's he threatened, Harvard? Which, yeah. I I would I would love to have him on the show, but I don't think he I don't think he wants to come on because he he wants to protect his liberal status. It's fascinating that if you go on we go on their shows, but it's so rare that they would come on our shows. Some some do. Some use fake names to get on. They call as callers and use a fake name, and then they're proud of themselves. It's fine with me. I was totally happy to have that broadcast. Religious nuns, N-O-N-E-S. This is NPR. Did you see this? Now the largest single group in the U.S. religion-wise. Have you seen that? Yeah, that's a new thing. Yeah, it's new. F- January 24th, 2024. Can't get newer than that. NPR. Now, the largest cohort in the U.S., they're more prevalent among American adults than Catholics, 23%, or Evangelical Protestants, 24%. Gregory Smith at Pew Research was the lead researcher on the study titled Religious Nuns, again, N-O-N-E-S, none having no religion, in America, who they are and what they believe. Now, listen to this. This is from Pew. This is reported by NPR. He says the growth of nuns could affect American political life. We know politically, for example, Smith says, that religious nuns are very distinctive. 
They are among the most strongly and consistently liberal and democratic constituencies of the United States. Uh, I have to say, Dennis, I am giving you a pat on the shoulder, which is something men, men frequently do. They do it from when they're boys. Hey, did you see that hit, Edge? See that catch? See that? See that? I read enough. I read the entire article, and then that was my reward. That overwhelmingly people with no religion are on the left. Gee, does that surprise any of you? A lot of ramifications to that realization. As you know, Mike Lindell has a passion to help everyone get the best sleep of their life. So, he didn't stop by simply creating the best pillow. Mike created the Giza Dream Bedsheets. Mike found the world's best cotton called Giza. It's ultra soft and breathable, but extremely durable. Mike's Giza Sheets come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. Giza Dream Sheets come in a variety of sizes and colors. Mike's latest incredible deal is the sale of the year. For a limited time, you'll receive 50% off the Giza Dream Sheets. You'll receive a set for as low as $29.98. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the Radio Podcasts Square, use the promo code Prager. There you'll find not only this offer, but also deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the MyPillow 2.0 mattress topper, MyPillow kitchen towel sets, and now even flannel sheets, and so much more. Call 800-761-6302, use the promo code Prager. Go to MyPillow.com, make sure you use the promo code Prager. Jacksonville, Florida, and J.D. Hello, J.D. Are our phones on, gentlemen? J.D., are you there? Now I do, yes. Okay, great. Yes, Mr. Prager, how are you doing? It's great to talk with you. Thank you. All right, it's great to talk Uh, to me, but you're not talking. Oh, my bad. Well, I was just calling in about the University of Florida, and not that it's a bad university, but I assure you it is just as liberal and just as leftist as any major university. Uh, And has has been that way for years. That's right. That is correct. It is changing. So you think it's moving back to the right? Well, I mean, I gave you an example. The thing that I reported, the news item, was... Sociology is no longer uh, one of the courses you could take to fulfill your requirements. Instead, you'll, instead you'll actually get a history course. That that's uh, that's that is fighting. That means fewer students will enter the uh, ruined field of sociology. Sociology, like anthropology, and many other departments, are a farce. True, and have been for a long time. And have been for a long time. So uh, under your terrific governor, they're trying to change the the culture and the the, uh, the environment and the requirements at the University of Florida. It's not going to happen overnight. But you're right, and that's why I took your call. I think it's important that people know that. Atlanta, Georgia, Vincent, hello. Hey, Dennis. Hi. Hey, I just want to get some insight from you as why as uh, far as the Jewish and black people being brainwashed by this Democrat Party. Like you, I've tried to convince and talk to my people, tell them that the Democrat Party ran slavery. Uh, you know, the Jim Crow, 
the yes. uh, the utterly destructive <laughs> welfare system. Absolutely. I've gone through all of it. And it's frustrating because I make very little headway. And I've come to the realization that facts and figures aren't their real issue. Their real issue is having the courage and integrity to accept a truth they really don't want to believe. And until they're willing to do that, no amount of convincing will work. I make very little headway, but I'm going to keep trying. So I take it you're black. That's what you're referring to when you yes, say your yes. community. Yeah. Well, you and I are in very similar situations. A conservative or even a non liberal or non-left a black and a non-left Jew are in very similar circumstances. So yeah, I, 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 I would give you a hug if you were here. <laughs> hey, Dennis, <laughs> yeah. I know one, one, hey, one last thing. I know that but, but wait, wait, wait. you give me the last thing in a moment. I'll answer your question. I, I have okay. an answer. Okay. The, uh, uh, one of the answers, it is, there isn't one answer, but a big answer is that American Jews and American blacks are living in the past, and they, what they, what, but the, the, ironically, blacks have less of a, of a, a re- reason, but they, they, ha- they associate Democrats with, remember, blacks were Republican in the early part, till the early part of the 20th century. They knew which party cared about them. But yeah. beginning with the great society, and the government saying, oh, we care about you, not Republicans. We're going to give you benefits. Benefits are more powerful than heroin. I've said this frequently, whether it's, it has nothing to do with the person being black. Yeah. When you get things for free, you are more hooked than you are on heroin. It is, I, I believe literally, it is easier to get off heroin addiction than benefits addiction. And and Jews, I'll just answer one more. The the Jews, the community I know best, Jews have been taught Hitler was on the right, therefore the right is anti-Semitic. That's it. That's it. It it, it is it is literally know nothings. (laughs) These people are often bright. They often have PhDs, and they know nothing. Very, very true. It's like talking to someone with Trump derangement syndrome. But I wanted to talk to you real quick. Uh, you should do a segment on, on black people who their parents find out that they're Trump supporters. And, and the parents give them a hard time. They, you know, my mom still talks to me, but, you know, it's, it's, I was told things that I've never been told by her when, when I talked what to did, her. What did she say? Oh, uh, that I'm brainwashed or I'm in a cold or, or you know. And I see, I don't bring it up because it's family, but I'm just saying that that's a whole dimension that uh, it's it's it, it's funny, really. Yeah, uh, I have come to believe. Thank you. You're a, you're a pleasure. I, I must be a pleasure to him, and he's a pleasure to me. <laughs> that's the way it works. <laughs> I, for four years of the Trump presidency, I never once used the term Trump derangement syndrome. And I have come to believe it, it is as real as any syndrome that exists in the human psyche. Generally speaking, I don't believe that I am one of them because I have embraced ideas and 
and changed and followed one question, is it true? But people in general believe what they want to believe. Whether it's emotional desire, intellectual desire, political desire, whatever it might be. It's a very scary part of the human condition. Okay, let's see. Michael in... uh, Well, all right. He says he wants to correct me on medical. Most citizens don't get medical. You you know what he's referring to? Okay. So, all right. I have, uh, I want to respond to the survey about people with no religion. So I read to you that the largest single group now religiously speaking, are nuns, N-O-N-E-S, people with no religion. This is NPR report from Pew Research. The lead researcher of the study titled Religious Nuns in America, Who They Are and What They Believe. So two huge little lines in the report. This is NPR. This is not a right-wing source. We know politically that religious nuns are distinctive, very distinctive, he writes, or says. They are among the most strongly and consistently liberal and democratic constituencies in the United States. Ah, I've known that all of my life. It was my epiphany at Columbia University. Why is Columbia filled with such stupid professors? By stupid, I mean not brain matter. They were very bright brain matter-wise, but they were fools. And it drove me crazy. And then I had an epiphany, the only one of my life, where out of nowhere a a realization just hit me with a verse from the Bible. Because it came back to me in Hebrew from third grade. I had last said it in third grade at my yeshiva, Jewish religious school, all day, half-day religion. Half day secular. Wisdom begins with the fear of the Lord. Ah, that's it. No God at Columbia, no wisdom at Columbia. That's right. There's no wisdom on the left, none, none whatsoever. That isn't to say that there are not wise liberal people. There are wise and foolish liberals, and there are wise and foolish conservatives. However, leftism, or better, there is no secular institution that has wisdom, not one. There are secular individuals who have wisdom, they've imbibed it from their religious upbringing, or at least from the religious society in which we've all been raised, but there's no wisdom in any any secular institution. So they're all, overwhelmingly, the non-religious are uh, Democrats and on the left. That's exactly correct. Because, as I've said all of my life, secularism provides a religious alternative to religion. 
you don't believe in the Bible, you believe in climate change. Gives you gives you meaning, the meaning that was once had from God and country, and family is now from fighting climate change, or fighting on behalf of puberty blockers for children, or gay pride night. This is uh, that's why these that's why the left hates religion. This, this is a very important insight on the part of Pew. So I'm not giving this to you from a right-wing source. I don't know if I think Pew is middle, so, but it's certainly not right-wing. The left has always, since Marx, the left has always known the more religious people, by meaning Jews and Christians, the less leftism is, appeals. Orthodox Jews are on the right, Non-Orthodox Jews are on the left. It's a perfect example. So that's one extremely important upshot from this Pew research poll. Here's the other. Pew also found that overall, nuns, that's people with no religion, are less likely to volunteer in their local communities than religiously affiliated adults. How do you like that one? Yeah, we don't need religion because we should produce a society of narcissists. That's right. That's that's basically the argument of the left because leftism and narcissism are coextensive. I feel, therefore it is. I feel I'm a man, so I'm not a woman. That's it. I feel. I feel for Palestinians, so therefore Israel is a villain. That's it. Your life is based on your feelings. I don't feel like volunteering, so I don't volunteer. So how do they sleep well at night? Because they fought climate change and imperialism, and sexism, and misogyny, and and heteronormativity. That's what makes a leftist feel noble. We return. The Dennis Prager Show. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Hi, everybody. Dennis Prager here. I'm honored to have the chief rabbi of South Africa on the line. He's in South Africa as we speak, and you can watch this or hear this. Rabbi Warren Goldstein, 
is it Goldstein or Goldstein, Rabbi? Goldstein. Excellent. Uh, the only reason I ask is I remember the the composer and and the famous composer of West Side Story, Leonard Bernstein. I think he preferred Leonard Bernstein. So ever yeah. since I've been... That's the American thing. It's the American oh, versus the British... Well, that's interesting because the truth is, in German, it is Stein. Yes. All right. Yes. And I, I know I feel bad for my guests when I, I open up and, and they go, why did I come on this show? <laughs> <laughs> I, I have great sympathy for my guests. No, I'm really honored to have you. And are, are you... Which... which uh, which city in South Africa are you talking to me from? In Johannesburg. You're in, in Johannesburg. Johannesburg. Okay. My work takes me across the country, but I live in Johannesburg. So let's begin with the, the most notorious aspect uh, right now uh, of, of South Africa. It, it, it alone in the world has taken Israel to the International Court of Justice, ICJ, uh, charging it with genocide. And as I've said to my listeners, Rabbi, on so many occasions, it is the only group in history targeted with genocide which has quadrupled uh, or quintupled its numbers. What's what the least successful attempt at genocide in history? Uh, it, it's just a big lie. Why? Why is the South African government so hateful of Israel? Yeah, look, it, it's it's despicable and it's morally repugnant what they've done, um, because in essence they are conducting this war against Israel instead of just being on the battlefields of Gaza. This is just another battlefield, you know. I think to even call it a court, international court of justice, it's a misnomer. It's a body of the UN. It's it's not a court. It's, they're not going to find justice there. The, the, it is appointed by the majority members of the General Assembly, of whom most are not democracies. And this is the outrage of, of, of really what is going on here. The South African government's conduct is, is despicable. It is the ANC government. It, they're not speaking in the name of the South African people. And I think it's an important thing. I know that America is now in election season. Any candidate running for president in America will have to state their position on Israel, what they hold about Israel. In South Africa, it doesn't feature as an election issue at all. This government has no mandate for it. It's, it's, a, very, it's a vastly Christian country. It's a population of 60 million people, the, the vast majority of whom, more than 1,500 million of those are Christians. And of those, the vast majority are religious Christians. And of those of the, the evangelical churches, very similar to what you would find in the United States. So this ANC government is completely out of sync and out of kilter with its own population, who, who, where, there's, where there's a deep sense of respect for the Bible, for Judeo-Christian values. And, uh, and, and, and so I think what's very important to say to the, to, to the American people is, and those, all of those who are listening at the moment, is to understand South Africa is not who this ANC government represents the, the people of South Africa. The people of South Africa are very different from the government of South Africa. So what I'm hearing from you is what I should infer is that most South Africans, black or white, don't agree with the government on this? Well, let, let me put it to you this way. I mean, we don't have opinion polls that have tested this particular issue. So what, what I say to you is not based on a particular survey that was conducted. But, but let me say this, when looking at the ethos 
of the people of South Africa. This this is not in keeping with with the ethos. It is, you know, if if you walk with um, you know um, South Africans in the street and you would say to them Genesis twelve. They know exactly what that is. That's those fascinating. Those who bless you will be blessed. Yes. And those who curse you will be blessed. It, it, curse, it, it's deeply ingrained in, in, the, in the culture of South Africa. And, and this government, you know, it's part of its alliance with, with Iran. President Saul Ramaphosa, the president of South Africa, was instrumental in bringing Iran into BRICS. A week or two after the October 7, the foreign minister, the foreign secretary of South Africa, Naledi Pandor, went to Tehran. Um, you, you, one has to understand, and I think it's an important thing for, for the United States to understand, there is a play being made by Iran, China, Russia for Africa. They want Africa, and, and actually Africa, and I see this in South Africa, there are Christian communities, and actually the most untold story of what is happening in Africa is the persecution of Christians by jihadi groups in Africa, al-Shabaab, Boko Haram, across the continent, across the border in Mozambique, the northern border of South Africa in the country of Mozambique, there's ISIS Mozambique that is doing all the same things that Hamas did to Israel on October 7, beheadings, kidnappings. There's a brutal war of persecution against Christians in Africa. And and, and the Christian world needs to, to stand up, firstly, to be aware of it. We need to tell that story and understand how deeply the South African government has betrayed not only its own population, but the Christians of the continent. And, and, and for, for Christians and Jews around the world to, to properly understand what is happening in Israel is on the front lines of the defense of Judeo-Christian values and the front lines of defense of human dignity and freedom in the world. This is not a battle between Israel and Hamas. This is a battle between the forces of violent jihad and Judeo-Christian values and civilization and democracy. And today's Nazi Germany perpetrating all of this behind everything is Iran. They are the source of all of this. Their connection to South Africa is what brought the case to the ICJ. They are orchestrating everything, and, and, and that's where it starts. But we need to understand the context of the civilizational battle. This has got nothing to do with borders or Israel or 1967 borders. It's nothing to do with borders. Rabbi, the next time I take off, would you like to sit in for me? <laughs> these, these you know, are, you, you, I'm listening to you and thinking, oh, what, what a joy to hear so eloquently put everything I believe. You know, uh, Dennis, I've I've heard I've I've heard many of your 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 talks, and and um, you know I think that, that this message is is such a vital message. When I'm living it in South Africa at the moment, and I'm seeing it, you know, with the people on the ground over here, and and you know, often as we we've learned from history that those who come against the Jews, it is it is really a sign of a danger within human civilization. And you know, thank God we it's not 1938 because we have a sovereign state of Israel. We have we, we, we have, as the Jewish people, an independent country with its own army. But more than that, we've got allies around the world, and most Jews today live in free democracies. That, to me, is the ultimate betrayal of the South African government, because South Africa is a free democracy. You, you know, I, I speak very critically of this government, and I marched against the previous president, when Jacob Zuma, when he did the state capture and the corruption in the country, together with many of my Christian
Christian colleagues and I speak out against this government, I can do so without fear at all because it is a free country. It has independent judiciary. It has free press. It is a, uh, we, we have elections coming this year in the next six to eight months in South Africa, general elections for the parliament, for the presidency. It is truly a free country. And, and that's why it's betrayed democracies by siding with Iran, China, Russia. And, and I think the time has come. To me, the ICJ case is actually an inflection point about a discussion about the United Nations. How can free democracies cede sovereign control? How can it be that a body appointed by the United Nations can make a decision that is going to affect the right to self-defense of a free democracy in, in the Middle East? And, and it, it's time to really say that free democracy should form another international alliance outside of the United Nations. Can use the United Nations for a talk shop. You want to come and have a, a chat and a discussion about it, but it's it's dominated by thug regimes. How, the, the 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 fault line in the world today is the free world versus the dictatorships, and 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 the free world needs to find its resolve. The right, only but thing the, it's the, like that. forgive me. The irony, though, if I hear you correctly, is South Africa is a free state, and it's aligning yes. itself with dictatorships. Yes, and it's the only free democracy in the world aligned with these with these dictatorships, and and that that's rooted in corruption. It's rooted in the corruption. You know that one of the the biggest um, telecoms companies in South Africa, MTN, has a a um, is a partnership with the Iranian Republican Guard. They are shareholders of this. There's a case happening in the United States courts at the moment, a class action suit against the South African telecoms company MTN for victims from the Iranian National Guard. And, and so this, it's, it's, it's about money. This has got nothing to do with, uh, with, with uh, human rights. It's got nothing to do. They, they have no concern. And, and, and the absurdity of it and the shamelessness of it, where you know, it's, it's clear that Israel has conducted, the most, the, uh, conducted itself with standards that no army in recorded human history has ever upheld such high ethical standards to the point where if you say this is not allowed, then there is no such thing as a just war which is something that I challenged, you know, uh, I, I issued a, a public statement against the Pope on this matter because the Pope came out to, to say in his conversation with President Isaac Herzog, mm -hmm. he said to him, Israel is responding to terror with terror. Now, to me, that All right, Rabbi, hold it there, please. We're going to come back in a moment without commercials. There's no f talk radio in America. Rabbi Goldstein is the chief rabbi of South Africa. Speaking to an obviously impressive man, thought, thought life through. Rabbi Warren Goldstein is the chief rabbi of South Africa. South African, the South African government seems to be the worst freely elected government in the world right now in terms of its alliance with Iran and its support of Hamas. So... I'm, I'm working this out with you, Rabbi. I'm, tr I'm, tr I'm trying to understand them. You're telling me that the great majority of South Africans are, are more traditional in their values and are not, are not backing the government on this, although you, you, don't, you say yourself you haven't seen any polls on it, but I, I believe you. Uh, so what is animating it? Is it, is it ideological slash economic interest because of Iran? What, what do you think is animating this animosity? 
I think I think that um, there's certainly the um, the financial benefits, uh, you know, from Iran, from Qatar. I mean, the, Qatar is a story which, and the Qatari money which is flowing into the United States, Georgetown University. Um, you know, they bought the World Cup. They 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 are. Um, you know, present in many the Brookings Institute. These are some of the big the big funders of a lot of what's happening, and, and a lot of Western institutions are being infiltrated. Um, you know, it's it's not insignificant. I don't believe that the first time that President Ramaphosa announced this, he announced an, a potential action at the ICC before the ICJ, and he announced that we're on a visit to Qatar post October seven. He was in Qatar when he made that announcement. I, I don't think that is, you know. The, the, there and and also there've been a lot of stories floating around in the media because the ANC as a political party was broke or bankrupt towards the end of 2023. There's an election coming now in 2024, and they announced their election campaign, and and now all of their debts are cleared, and they're running for this election. So there are a lot of commentators here in South Africa who are raising the question: Where did they come into all of this money? So I think there is, there's no doubt that that's part of it. Another part of it as well is an is an anti-Western streak in the ANC political party, um, and 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 here I think you know there's a fascinating you know the one there's a think tank in South Africa called the um, Social Research Foundation, SRF, they've been doing some very interesting polling. And one of the fascinating things that they found is they said to, they asked South Africans right across the board um, and surveyed and said, which countries would you like, if, if you were not living in South Africa, where would you like your children to grow up? And you know what the top rated countries were when they asked by six to one? United States of America, United Kingdom and Germany. And, and last on the list was Cuba, Russia, and China. Cuba because, you know, Cuba features because of its history in, in, in South Africa, so it, it occupies more of a position in people's minds than, than, it, than it deserves. But the point is, South Africans as, as a nation identify and aspire and see what is happening in the West and its freedoms. And, and I think what's very important is that we, we need a strong America with, its, with, with a, a strong message of the importance of freedom and democracy to counterbalance what is happening. China and Russia and Iran and these dictatorships are looking to expand their influence, and they're looking to expand their influence in Africa. I want to commend the United States government. It was just announced, I saw in the Wall Street Journal, in Angola, a, a, a big investment in the railroads that came through you know, from the United States government. There's, we need more and more in American presence and influence in Africa and to bring that sense of freedom, democracy, and Judeo-Christian values. There is a, a very strong receptivity to it. I think, of course, there's another thing. As the ANC, they are failing as a government and the elections. So it's, it's a great distraction to start talking about another, another conflict when you know, there, there, there's been you know, load shedding in South Africa and they, they have a, a crime rate which has, which has dramatically increased under their watch. So they, they are failing the South African people. You know, when, when, a, when a government is running for office, it's going to try and find other problems. But I think this, it, it's a combination of all of these factors. One thing that it is certainly not is any interest in human rights and the protection of uh, and, and, and seeking peace and stability and human dignity in, uh, in, in the Middle East. That is what it is definitely not. It's just warfare by another means. And, and in, in essence, they're just the Iranians, you know, uh, useful idiots. I, I think it's, it's it, that term, you know, from, from those years of, of the Cold War, 
the, you know, it's, it's again, it's the, those who are marching, the pro-Hamas marches across the world in London, 100,000 people a week. These are uh, today's version of the useful idiots of the, you know, of, of the Soviet Union. And, and, they, and they're just as dangerous. We, we're in a struggle for, for human freedom in the world. And, and the, the most important thing is the sense of resolve in the West and to understand and I know these have been at the heart of the debates of what is happening, you know, on, on, on campuses with, you know, critical race theory, all of these different influences which, which are happening in the world is the, is the understanding that actually freedom and democracy is superior to the other systems of what is happening in the world. It is morally superior. And we need to be able to say the values of Western constitutionalism, my, my PhD, I have a PhD in law, in human rights and constitutional law. It was in the comparison between Talmudic law and looking at Western law and the, and the history of freedom and, and what that means. And, and it, it really is about understanding that there are these values that, that uphold the dignity of the human spirit created in God's image that are inherently superior. And we need to be able to say with confidence, indeed it is, and we prepare to defend those values. You would hope. Tell, tell briefly my audience about the South African uh, cricket player uh, who was a, a Jew, David Teeger, and what happened to him. Yes, well, uh, David, I mean, he's such a fine young man, one of the most promising young cricketers. Uh, you know, the, a lot of your listeners may, may um, you know, just cricket is very similar to baseball, except, you know, played in the English version of it. And he's he, he, he's, he's such a talent. He was selected for the South African under-19 team and to captain it, in fact. And then at a, a public event, um, he was given an award at, a, at the Jewish Achievers Dinner, which is you know, the, um, uh, a, a, an awards dinner that's held annually in, in the Jewish community. And he was identified as the as rising talent. And he, it was happened a few weeks after October 7th. He dedicated his award. He said, I'm not the hero. The true heroes are the young men of the IDF who, who are defending the state of Israel. And then the BDS movement then you know, began a process to, to target him, to say, well, he must stand down because he's a supporter of genocide. And, and you see this, this, by the way. All right. Yeah, it, wait, wait, wait. What, what I want, we'll continue with that in a moment. I'm taking another break. Uh, uh, this is – people need to hear this, what was done to this Jewish – major athlete in South Africa. Rabbi Goldstein is Chief Rabbi of South Africa. South Africa may be the most anti-Israel democracy on earth. The Chief Rabbi of South Africa, speaking to me from South Africa, is Rabbi Warren Goldstein. So we're talking about this story that many of you will not know of, and for obvious reasons. One of the rising athletes, sports stars uh, in South Africa, plays cricket, David Seeger, and he was given an award by a Jewish group and uh, said, um, the real hero is not me, but rather the IDF soldiers fighting Hamas, and then all hell broke loose. So... What exactly happened? Uh, But I want to narrow my question, Rabbi, and this applies to the ICJ, International Court of Justice, suit brought by the South African government against Israel, uh, uh, alleged genocide. I know that there are voices agreeing with the government. I know there are individual voices like yours. Where is the South African media? 
where are the South African opinion makers? Are are they pro ANC or or are they uh, anti ANC on this matter? Yeah, well, uh, the interesting thing is a, a lot of the a lot of the media is anti is anti the ANC in general as a government. But on this matter of Israel, all of a sudden they switch to being anti Israel. So they they uh, have, have gone in the other direction, and um, it's it's very disappointing. You know, when you have News Twenty Four, um, uh, you know, consistently as as the main one of the biggest online platforms. One's got to remember News Twenty Four is owned by the Chinese. Um, uh, it has a, a big Chinese. Uh, shareholders within it um so you know a, a lot of media today uh, the, the the sunday times which is the biggest newspaper in south africa has shareholders you know linked to the ruling party um but but the media in south africa is free and fair in general and very critical of the anc on the matter of israel they are exceptionally anti-israel you know kind of wall-to-wall almost um, if you, if, except for a few more conservative outlets. And South Africa is a conservative country when you look at the, the opinion polls in terms of the nature of people and their, and, and their kind of basic values. The, those opinion polls are, are, are through in, in, in terms of that. The, this, this issue of, of David Tiga is, is a very interesting one because then they came after him, all of these opponents um, of, of Israel, the BDS movement, the boycott movement, and they said he had to be removed from the national team because he supports genocide. You see, and, and this is what this genocide allegation has done. It is, it is a modern-day blood libel, but what it, it, it serves a very powerful political um, objective, and that is, firstly, it stigmatizes the state of Israel, the Jewish state, which then prepares the way for the enemies to attack further and isolates Israel. They're seeking a sanctions campaign against Israel. But also what it does is it stigmatizes and isolates Jews. I mean, I released a speech um, you know, I have a, a YouTube channel there and I've put out a number of speeches since the start of October 7. And in, in one of them, I'm, I pointed out how President Ramaphosa of South Africa bringing this action in the ICJ is promoting global anti-Semitism because it is announcing that it is the, 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 this open season on Jews. Because you see, wh- what it's saying is if you support Israel, and, and most Jews by far do, then by definition, you are a supporter of genocide which means that by definition you're unacceptable and beyond the pale. And that's what they've done to David Tiga. So what happened was there was, there was an independent commission of inquiry to see if he had breached any of the rules of conduct of the, of the cricketing code. He was exonerated by that independent inquiry. And then Cricket South Africa, the governing body, then demoted him from being captain of the under-19 team. There is the, 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 the under-19 Cricket World Cup taking place in South Africa. South Africa, the hosts of it this year, it's happening right now in the country. And um, he was meant to captain his country's team. He's still in the team, but he was, he was removed. That, the captaincy oh, was removed. That's fascinating. A lot uh-huh. of- so, so in other words... Yeah, and... and, and re- so the, the, the Cricket Association of South Africa basically says, if you're pro-Israel, you can't be the captain of our team. Yes, it's, it's, it's appalling. But you see, this is, this is where this anti-Israel right, and the course. anti-Semitism, yes. it's kind of the same coin. It's, 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 and, and, and I'll tell you, it's a very important thing, and I think it's something you know, to, to say from this platform, your international platform here. The International Cricket Council, the ICC, based in London, you know, they... they um, 
they have a, a policy that politics cannot interfere in sport. They removed Sri Lanka as the hosts of the, uh, of the Cricket World Cup this under, because of the involvement of the government in politics. This is the, the, the All right, all right, so good. Hold it there again. Place. Forgive me. This is the nature of American radio, but that's why we have conservative radio. Back in a moment. Well, I'm just going to get from the uh, rabbi, the chief rabbi of South Africa, Warren Goldstein, uh, a way for people to contact him. He has, has truly been an impressive hour uh, with the rabbi in understanding South Africa, the most anti-Israel democracy in the world. Uh, so, Rabbi, go ahead. Contacting. Um, yes, so I think this my, my website. Uh, ChiefRabbi.co.za is my website. Hold on, um, hold on. That was fast. That was fast. What, one second. ChiefRabbi.co. Co. What does CO stand C-A. for? What does CO stand for? Um, what you see in South Africa, it's, um, it's um, coza.za. Like, uh, I know, no. Z- I am, the, or, Z, you know, the, the, the Z didn't throw me off, but I would have explained it's a Z. I know. It's Z everywhere else except America and Canada. But I know even Canada Z. But wait a minute. Um, is C-O, like C-O-M, our dot com? Is that your... Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yes. I, I've been so like so Chief now. Rabbi dot... So. I'm sorry. Go, go ahead. Dot C-O, dot Z-A. Right. Yeah, and then, and then my... I think the best is on YouTube. A lot of the things that we've spoken about today, I've been delivering a series of speeches since October 7. And in those speeches, I've dealt with a lot of these topics. And they're on my YouTube channel that, you know, they can find just by searching my name on YouTube and they'll find them there. And I would love to stay in contact. Also, Dennis, I would love to invite you for, for a Shabbat meal when you're in South Africa. I don't know if there'll be time for you to get to Johannesburg, but I would, you know, gladly host you for a, for a Shabbat Boy, meal. Boy, I, I would love um, that. Shabbat yes. is very close to my... He yeah. brought out a new book on Shabbat a few months ago. Is that right? About the day to create yourself. Uh, yes. About oh. um, Shabbat is a for self-creation and but we'd love to host you in johannesburg in our home for shabbat i would love that let's see if that could work out i I will be uh in another part of south africa as i explained in any event uh sir this has been uh, just a terrific experience Uh, we i'm sure we both do the same thing for the other Uh, because in a world of such moral confusion it's a joy to have people who are morally sane and that's what it involves. Thank you so much. It's been a, yes. it's been a joy to, to speak to you and, thank you. Uh, and and thank you for the opportunity to speak to you and to your listeners. It's been an honor, sir. Rabbi Warren Goldstein. The, the uh, You know, folks, I reported in the first hour the, uh, the Pew Research about the biggest single group in America, bigger than Catholics, bigger than Protestants, is uh, nuns, people with no religion. But Pew reported that uh, the uh, the people with religion were much more likely to volunteer time to help other people. For those of you who don't think religion matters, uh, look at the people uh, overwhelmingly who are pro-Hamas, pro-evil in America and in the West. See you tomorrow. The Dennis Prager Show, live from the Relief Factor Pain-Free Studio. 
Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager Podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial-free, every single day, become a member of PragerTopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the daily show prep. Subscribe at PragerTopia.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.